Welcome, everybody. I'm glad you came back for our second PAL podcast. Uh, this time it'll be Ryan switching places and interviewing me, Blake. Uh, we wanted to get this done early so you guys know a little bit about us, where we're coming from. Uh, but I promise you the next one we do will be somebody more interesting and probably more accomplished than Ryan and I. So look forward to who that is. Uh, we still got to figure that out. Uh, but I hope you like the next uh, couple minutes of the podcast. And thanks again for listening. Hey, Blake. Hey, buddy. What's going on? Nothing. You? Oh, you know, just working hard. Are you ready to sit in the hot chair today? Let's go. Let's do it. All right. For everyone listening, my name is Ryan Lindner. I am on the PAL steering committee with Blake. Blake is our fearless chairman, president, leader of PAL. That's not true. I'm scared of a lot of things. And we're going to get to that, Blake. Don't worry. But uh, we're going to sit down and have a chat about your store. So, Blake, how many stores do you have? I have three stores. How did you get into the business? Uh, it's a bit of a long story. Uh, the short version is my wife and I were recently married, uh, moved to uh, West Des Moines, Iowa. We're from Kansas. We were both in Kansas. And I was going to go back to school and get a uh, public health degree. And I needed a part-time job while I was doing it. So I have a cousin that lives there. And he's like, I know this guy. He's starting an Ace Hardware. So I'm like, all right, I don't mind that. That sounds interesting. So I helped uh, Doug Kappel start the store in West Des Moines. Uh, it was a brand new store. So I helped him put in the new inventory and, and everything. And so uh started working there, uh, went back to school and was like, you know what? I hate school. What am I doing? I don't need a, another degree. So I went to full time with Doug and uh, he promoted me to assistant manager of his one store there uh, within another nine months. So I was there uh, three years. And at, at that time, uh, my wife's parents came to us and said, hey, there's a true value in York, Nebraska, where we live. And uh, it's for sale and we'll help you buy it. And we're like, ah, we're, we're not we're not smart enough. We don't know. We don't know what we're doing. Uh, but the more we thought of like, let's let's do it, because uh, if we're going to do something like that in the future, it's only be further down the line and have um, so much more entrenched in West Des Moines. So it's like, let's do it now. Let's go. And so uh he helped us buy a true value, which we promptly converted to an ace. I won't put true value down too much. Uh, and uh, so that's how we ended up here in New York with one store. And we had this store for four years before we opened our second store, uh, which is in a small town, uh, about 3,000, called David City. And then in November of 17, we bought our third store, which is in North Platte, Nebraska. Well, that's awesome. That's, that's excellent growth. Yeah, it's uh, the York store has done well for us. Uh, it was a bit of a diamond in a rough that people overlooked. And I can't say, of course, we've done some things right. Uh, but I can't say it's all because I'm a great retailer. I think we're just a little lucky, a little blessed to be in the right spot at the right time. So That's awesome. So what do you love about owning your own business and, and all the all that Ace has to bring you? Uh, you know, what's really been interesting to me is going from, uh, the first store 
and you know I was the store manager and the owner and running the whole thing you know and then we had assistant manager all that to trying to figure out how to do growth and uh, turning into the CEO and uh, figuring out um, how to add more stores and uh, and grow as a business I've really enjoyed that uh, but to get from the start um, I've been good at at Ace Hardware, or just in general, uh, what I enjoy is just the people. Uh, I like working with people. I have always been a people person, and uh, from the employees to the uh, customers that come in here, uh, you know, I don't get down on the floor so much as I used to, and I need to, uh, because that's really what it's about: is taking care of those people that come in here, and then taking care of the people that uh, that work for you. And uh, we try to create a culture where people enjoy working in our stores so that's the biggest thing i really like i'm not a i'm not a huge hardware guy per se i mean i've worked a lot of odd jobs here and there doing hardware stuff um building that kind of things but i'm not an expert at anything um so so who is your favorite ace corporate person to talk to to communicate with face to face or email either one uh, it's a good question. You know, Andy Schmidt and I had a, a good relationship. I don't, he, I don't think he is a uh, ace corporate anymore. He's works, works for Westlake. I enjoy talking with him quite a bit. Uh, when I have time, there's lots of good people out there to talk to. Um, I, we've done a lot of PRSs and so, um, some to those PRS guys enjoy talking to those guys who've been around a long time. Um, so I don't know if I have a favorite. That's a good question. What do you got to spring something like that on me? Uh, uh, I have you ever got the opportunity to talk to John Van Heisen on the phone? On the phone? Yes. I don't think I've ever talked to him on the phone, just face to face. And I've probably emailed him too many times. Uh, he probably hates when he sees another email from me. Uh, but he's always it's always good to talk to him uh he's he's obviously very wise and but there's a lot of people in East who are very wise so so does John van Heisen know your store number doubtful I have no idea I asked that because he knows mine yeah is so, that because is that because you're infamous uh we have a lot of problems. <laughs> Self, self-inflicted or uh, from um, mostly not. Okay. Mostly, we find the things that happen to us, and it doesn't happen to anyone else. So, <laughs> well, congratulations <laughs> on that. Right. <laughs> uh, so what? So if you got the good. What about the bad? What do you not like doing in the Ace Hardware business? You know what? You know, I said you know the good is the people. The bad is the people. You know, HR is part you know, hardest part, uh, in my opinion, uh, hardest part is HR, uh, again, but I want to try to figure out cause I want to take care of people. Uh, but it's also mind boggling, frustrating, uh, deal when, you know, you, tr- you think you hire somebody good. I oh, just had this happen last week. We think you're sorry to hire somebody good. They come for two days and they leave or, you know, people don't act like adults sometimes, you know, it's, it's it's frustrating. Uh, I think the same with the customers. You know, you sit there and you try to serve them the best you can and you can't always please everybody, but 
inevitably you got some guy pissed off about something stupid or we had a guy bring a grill back after he used it for a month saying it's on sale now i want the sale price and you're like oh my gosh are you kidding me and of course you want to keep him happy so we did the whole thing and you're still a customer here so it's it's the it's the good and the bad of the people so what uh, what are your plans in the near future for your store what what any projects going on right now uh we don't have anything planned too much you know we're working on we're doing the tools uh level three and we've been doing some of those other uh level one and twos working on but we don't have anything huge coming up at the moment uh just been going through mangoes and trying to clear out some of that dead inventory we've had for a while uh right now yeah there's nothing planned huge for any of the stores just kind of business as normal take us through your level three reset that's a big tool reset come up right or is that level one that's a level three. That's a level is that three. the right number? Or is I, that, don't, I don't know. Does it go one, two, three, or three, two, one? I don't remember. It's the big one. Take us through the big reset. What's your process for doing that in your, with three stores? Uh, we go through the, the closeout list. Who's we? we? Mark, what's that? Who's we? Um, me and my managers. And uh, our, we have a back office person for three stores we have one other back off office person so we work through the closeout list and we decide if that's something we want or not in the new set first and then we mark make sure we mark those so they don't start coming back um on a on a reorder a replenishment and then um we'll start pulling those items or marking those items down i should say um try to get rid of what we can um before we start pulling them uh, and start doing the the reset and that's kind of how we do it. And then once uh, I think if you did the tool order, you get a $10,000 buyback or $8,000, something like that. Once we hit that number, we'll pull them all out and send them back what the plan is. So so who does a lot of the work for that? Your managers or your back Correct. office managers? Uh, well, no, the, the back office and me and I, me, you know, I'm really good at English. Uh We'll we'll do most of the computer work for it. Um, now we our managers do a lot of computer work, but uh, we try to take as much off their plate as we can as far as computer work, so they don't have to sit in the back office and uh, do that kind of work. Uh, but there are decisions that they need to make um, that we let them know on. We'll get them a list or whatever uh, of SKUs that have sold a lot. If we don't have anything that's coming in that's similar, they needed to make the decision to fit it in or to close it out. So what kind of leadership style do you have with your managers? Do you let them kind of go and, and do what they need to with a, a little restraint, or do you just or do you tie the, the noose around their necks and, and hold them accountable for every little thing they do? My leadership style is empowerment. I want these – I want – my stores are quite a ways apart. I can't go to every store every day, not even close. Uh, one's two and a half hours away, one's 50 minutes away. And, and then the one I live in here in York is where I live. Uh, but anyways, I want them to run their stores like it's theirs. So I want them to make the big, most of the decisions, uh, not all the decisions. Obviously, they'll come to me for the big decisions. Uh, but if we're going to make this work from a distance, I can't 
sitting, stand, be there holding their hands the whole time. So they're in charge of their stores and uh, they know the growth of their stores depends on how they do and their management style. And then uh, their leadership is what it comes down to. And we, we talk a lot about leadership overall. We do a weekly leadership video um, and hopefully they continue to grow outside of that too. Uh, I try to push them a little bit to do their own leadership study. And, uh, but I also can't uh, say, you know, go home and do homework after you just get done working for me. Um, but we, we push them a little bit to uh, work on their leadership because they're in charge of um, those stores and making them successful. And we're there to help them figure that out. And what, what's something you need to do better with your managers? Say that again. What is something you need to do better with your managers? I'm not a great communicator. Um, I uh, assume too much and I don't say enough. Uh, and there's really no such thing as over communication and I know this, uh, but still, I'm in my head too much, and I'll just do things, and then they'll be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I didn't tell you about that? Oh, that's coming on the truck. Uh, and then, so that's one big thing. And the other thing is I've had to learn, especially here in York, uh, we've had this long discussion with uh, my manager here, is I do too many drive-bys, and they're and it only happens in York because she gets the pleasure of working with me here, the big boss, even though she's trying to manage the store. And so I'll walk in and she'll have a plan for the store. And then I'll just walk by some other employee and I say, Oh, do this, this, and this. And then she'll come to me like, that's not good. I had a plan for this person doing other things. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'll keep my mouth shut. So I do too many, uh, I undercut her. She's a great manager. And so we've had many discussions of divorcing me from <laughs> down on the floor. So I try now with all the stores is I walk in and I see problems. I go to the managers and I say, this needs to happen instead of telling the employees that are down on the floor that whatever needs to happen, happen. How, uh, how quickly do you expect your managers to get your ideas rolling? Well, it just depends on the idea. Um, you know, we took over a store in November, the North Platte store, and uh, those guys just weren't well-trained. And so they were able to implement our uh, our way, I guess. Uh, not that we have such, some kind of specific way we do retailing, but just a better way uh, fairly quickly. Um, it's just going to depend on the person. Uh, some people struggle uh, figuring out how to, how to do certain things and some pick it up right away. Uh, and I'm a realist. I give them plenty of leeway to figure things out, but if, if there's something they just can't figure out or they're just not doing, you know, well tell them you've got to figure this out, you know, and what's holding you back. And so we just have to have those kind of discussions. Again, it comes down to communication uh, with them. And I, we, like I said before, we try to treat everybody well, um, and I give probably too much leeway sometimes. I don't push hard enough, um, but I need to. If you could change one thing about Ace, that one thing that Ace does, how would you improve it? Are you talking 
anything? Well, this or... might be a good t- good time to uh, to tell the listeners that I'm just reading questions you gave me, so you should be well prepared <laughs> on them. Um, oh, I just got, I get tons of ideas. Tons <laughs> of ideas. Where do you want me to start? Start um, with wherever you want, buddy. <laughs> I think. Uh, well, I think lots of things, but one thing I think Ace needs to do is let the consumer know that we are a co-op and that they're all the stores are individually owned uh, except for the Westlakes, obviously Uh, there's too many people out there that think that uh, we're just Ace Hardware. It's just another business, even though as many times as we tell people, if you go ask the average person on the street, they'll think that we're just uh, um, maybe a franchise or maybe, just like a, uh, a Sears or something like that. Uh, I think we got to do a better job of telling our story of who we are uh, and how we take care of the community. I think that would be a, a big thing. Now that's not going to reap rewards right away, um, but I think it would be important, especially if the movement we have going um, in the U S right now with local. And uh, I think that would be very important to, to get out there uh other things where we're at out here in nebraska we'll never have i don't know if we'll never the next day delivery that whatever do you have that where you order something and it shows up the next day from your warehouse cpo of course yeah well i am at the both i have two stores at the end of the line of two different warehouses and i don't know if we'll ever get cpo out here um one thing we could do is just go to everybody gets a two days, two trucks a week thing. I only get one truck, uh, smaller orders, but that's just a thought. There's other things. I'll just stop though before I bore everybody. <laughs> what's, what's your idea for Ace's future? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, uh, that's a good question because I wrote it. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, our moms are really going to think a lot about this podcast, aren't they? Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the future is. Uh, in farming out here, farms continue, continue to consolidate and get bigger. Um, my worry is that it's not a huge worry, but we'll lose, we'll lose those small stores and we'll just all of Ace will be just big um, chains, you know, three or four above. That's not a big chain, but they'll be end up being chains and those individual stores um, need to stay around. Um, I also worry about Westlake. Uh, we are not too far away from them. Uh, and I'm not worried that Ace is trying to undercut or anything. And I know what they're doing and why they're doing it. Uh, I just think personally, I think they should sell off some of those stores to Ace owners and so they continue to grow them because there will be a time when they're quite large. Uh, but that's my thought and I could be wrong, which I probably am. Um, but the future of Ace, I do believe that it needs to be about people taking care of people um, but it also needs to be about 
convenience and speed. And uh, I think the store model needs to be, be improved as well, which they're working on. Uh, I have no answers. This is just my thoughts. So, <laughs> <laughs> what keeps you going? Why do Why do you still work with Ace? Why do you still own your own business? What What keeps you moving? I love the challenge. Uh, like I said, I, I like trying to figure out how to make this work. Going from zero stores to one to two to three, and uh, you know, I don't. People ask me how many stores I'm going to have. I don't know. I don't have a goal in the end, uh, but I love the challenge of going and figuring these problems out and how to grow. And then again, I just, I've been put in a spot to take care of people and uh, I want to take care of the people in my charge. It's a step back and think about it. It's a, it's a big thing sometimes to think about how many people's lives you're in control of. I mean, not necessarily control of, but you affect by your decisions. Uh, it's not just the people that work for you. Uh, it's their families. It's not just the people that shop your stores. It's the whole town. You know, if this store in New York went away, the whole town would hurt. Uh, we totally believe that uh, we're stores, our stores are here to help uh, the small towns that we're in flourish. And uh, we try to have the best stores possible to push other retailers to get better as well. It's not just about our stores, but the other retailers in town see that we're doing things and uh, we push them a little better, a little more to get better. And uh, what is it? The rising tide floats all ships or whatever. And uh, it's good for the town as well. What are some things you learned running a store that you didn't know before? If you go back to your assistant manager days where now you're the owner, what are some of the things you've, you've learned in the process? Uh. Definitely, there's rules that need to be broke. Um, and if you promised something before, or not promised, if you made a mistake before, fix it. Uh, I, I go back to West Des Moines. Doug probably has a letter still. Some lady wrote a letter on me that I laughed at her because I wouldn't uh, give her, her f a certain price on a screen. And uh, it was, when you think about it, it's like, it was stupid. I should have just given her the price. Uh, we had a nice Doug and I had a last Doug and I had a nice long chat about that. <laughs> uh, but other other lessons, I mean, there's a ton of lessons, right? Um, the biggest is, you know, this really does come down to leadership uh, and how you lead your stores. If you want to grow, you're gonna have to have leaders grow. And so, the biggest thing we continue to work on is growing the people inside the stores uh, as leaders. And so that's what we, we continue to learn. And, uh, it's, it's hard to learn these lessons sometimes. Uh, it's very humbling when my manager comes to me and says, you gotta stop screwing them, screwing in the store, Blake, when you walk by stuff, I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> so. What is the biggest mistake you made at the store? Uh, Probably that one I told you was a big one. Um, the story was, this, I think I was probably just an associate at Doug's store. Um, some lady came in, brought in her screens. Uh, somebody had quoted her the wrong price or given her the wrong price on the screens before. Uh, and she got that price on those screens. And so I 
we took those other the new screens back in and we fixed them and she came back to pay for them and I charged her the, the correct price and uh, I wouldn't budge on what the price was even though it's just a screen repair you know uh, I was fairly young and uh, probably too proud or whatever and uh, I just like that's the price I don't know what to tell you um, then she you know went off on me and I probably had a smug look on my face and uh, anyway she ended up paying it and she's like I'll never come back here again uh, this is before Facebook was huge and Google reviews probably think thankfully for Doug uh, in West Des Moines. And uh, so she wrote a letter <laughs> that I got, <clears throat> got set in and read and uh, it wasn't good. Uh, but if I had to do it again, obviously I would just be like, Oh, we're sorry. Uh, we'll get you the right. We'll give you the price I was quoted or what you thought. And uh, kept a customer. Do you remember how big the difference was? Oh, it was. I'm going to say we charged her 2 or $3 more per screen, and there was probably like four screens. So it wasn't huge. Um, in my mind, still, it's like it was a little ridiculous she got mad, but it was also a little ridiculous that I didn't budge. You You live and learn. I'm sure a lot of people have that same story. I know that. There's times where I've I've said the same thing, and then you end up budging at the end. But yeah, it, you live and learn. Yeah, yeah. You know, we had an old manager here, and he always gets upset at me uh, if a customer comes in and it complains uh, that I would change the price. And I'm like, listen, just the the cost to acquire a customer, keep him here, it's just way too much to hassle over, you know, four or five dollars. Like, let's just. Keep them happy. It, it sucks sometimes to get kicked, and it hurts to be like that's you know our our margin dollars. But how many people does that customer tell them that they had a terrible experience at the store, and now they can go spread it online really easy too? And so it's like it'd be better just to keep them happy uh, than to lose a few dollars here and there. Now, obviously, there's other there's times when that doesn't happen where you gotta uh, get that margin back somehow but for the most part it's better to keep the customer happy how do you handle online reviews bad uh i let them rule my life too much when i look when we get a bad review uh, that's why i asked you that question uh it's you know i get a a, a one star and maybe it's just me wanting to be liked too much. And uh, did you just fax me? Because my uh, fax machine's going off too. It's probably that spam fax that you get. You get those from. You want a vacation, five day vacation for three hundred bucks a night, or That's you need capital. Fun. Yeah, I need I need both of those actually. Can you send me that fax so I can get some of that? After I'm done shredding it. Sure. <laughs> uh, what was the question? Uh, how do you handle online reviews? Oh, so yeah, uh, they, you know they come to my phone and I get a one star, and like you said, uh, you go hug your kids. Um, that's probably what I should do. Um, it's hard to wipe it from your memory, uh, 
and you don't want to be mad at your employees because you don't know what's going on. You know, there's always situations that arise that might be a one a reason a one star happens or whatever. And so we try to reach out to them if they actually put uh, a comment on there, which I would hope they do so we can fix the problem if there's a problem. I don't like one-star reviews with no comments on there at all. I wish they didn't happen. Um, and, but we've also begun uh, handling like five-star reviews of comments. We make sure our employees know uh, that they're getting them. And we've started posting them around in the store on our bulletin boards. So they can see that there's, uh, they're doing a good job. And uh, we have to share that with them to know that they're, doing well uh, outside of us just saying they're doing well that's that's awesome yeah you, you ever you just want to post a picture a family picture of your kids all dressed up in ace gear that's right and say hey, this is this is what we work for this is why we exist for for our kids for our family for our employees exactly for for, for you to help you and you know to to write a review on on google or facebook and it's not really fair until you talk to us. You can blast us all you want, but why don't you come talk to us first and see if we can make it right? Uh, I know. There's so many just uh, online warriors who are out to change the world by sitting behind an anonymous screen and keyboard and uh, not actually talking to people. Again, you know, we talked about it just comes down to relationships. And there's we've had plenty where there's no way those people would say the stuff to us. Uh, to our faces, but they can go home and type it on a keyboard real easy. So. Exactly. So tell us your funniest customer story. Hmm. Well, I've made, made plenty of beer bongs. Uh, I'm sure a lot of ace people have only in green Bay on game day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, helping some college kid, looking at tubing and he had a funnel in his hand I'm like I'm just like beer bong huh yep <laughs> uh, have yeah. you ever made the sophisticated ones with the uh, the shut off valve at the end no we haven't ever done that uh, it's been a while since I've done any of those obviously like I said I don't work down on the floor as much as I used to uh, trying to think there's been some I can't think of anything. It's just, you know, just some weird, strange people coming in the doors with their, some dude came in if his cut off jeans, if his pockets hanging out, that was interesting day. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of anything really funny off the top of my head. What about the weirdest customer story? Well, I'll give you my weirdest ace story. Uh, it's not a customer. Uh, but it's a good story. We have uh, motion sensor alarms uh, here in York, and uh, they went off one night at three in the morning. So I met some um, cops, two cops down here, and of course they have to pull their guns out because you know they're cops. And uh, <clears throat> we go through the door, and I'm just walking normal because like there's nothing in here. There never is. Every time these alarms go off. We go in the back room, look around. Of course, there's nothing. We go back downstairs, and a bat flies up by us. <laughs> like, so, the, so 
like, let's get it. And so uh, we grabbed three butterfly nets and uh, me and these two cops are chasing a bat around at three in the morning in the back room. Uh, I wish there was a video of that. It was <laughs> quite hilarious. We did catch it though. So, but there's like two cops for emotional alarm. Yeah. Is that the whole police department in New York? No, we have a, at least, you know, one or two more. Uh, they even have bullets for their guns. You know, it's not like Barney Five. Do you know who Barney Five is, by the way? Uh, I love Andy Griffin. Okay, good. You know, it's one bullet for his gun. Yeah, Barney, Barney Five, and he's not allowed to load it until he needs it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we had a similar incident where a car was parked in front of the store late at night, and our neighbors called us. And Manitowoc, this was pre-Stephen Avery. Manitowoc sent out, like, the whole shift that was out. There's like, 15 cops running around our property with the flashlights in one hand and their other arm across across their flashlight hand. So you knew their guns were out. <laughs> we, we get inside. We let the police in. And there's a note on the bulletin board. Car is broken down. We'll be in tomorrow to pick up. <laughs> uh, yeah, small towns. Yeah. So what technology do you use to, to help you run your stores? Uh, obviously, we're on Epicor. We use Compass, and we're getting more into Compass reports and trying to figure that out. Uh, as we've grown, we knew that was important to start capturing some of that data. Uh, then we use the Google Drive uh, and the Google Business to uh, share um, like information or stuff that they need, um, hiring documents, that kind of things that they, they need that I can change at different times. And we've tried different ones for apps. Um, we've tried Trello. It works in one store. The other two, other two stores kind of failed. Uh, it, it really comes down to if they accept it and they stay on it. Um, we actually started using an app called Band lately just for communication uh, outside of text message. It's basically a text message. It's a bulletin board is what it is. But the good thing is on it, you can see who's seen it. And so uh, if you post something on there, you can go look and see, hey, you saw what I said and you didn't do what I did, what I told you to do. No, why not? Uh, you know, if you get a text message, some of those can't see that they uh, have, have uh, actually saw or they just ignored it or whatever. So we started using that. It works pretty well. Uh, what is the other one? Uh, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. Basically, you can go around and make a punch list of things that need to be done and send in an email. That one costs money, though. I'd have to look it up. And I think if I looked, it'd probably in this recording. So I will have to not do that. Um. What uh, are there any new innovations that you're doing? New innovations. Mm. Not really. We're trying to, and we're probably behind on this. We're just we've sucked at like social media presence. We've been on and off again on how well we've done. So we finally got somebody to own the whole thing uh not new innovations at all uh but totally important and the other thing is we're just going to look at uh direct mail 
instead of newspaper because I don't look at a newspaper. I don't know why I'm advertising in it uh, kind of thing. Other than that, we're not very innovative. <laughs> Are you on Sochi? Yes, we do Sochi. Uh, she's uh, the girl we got running it. She's doing a good job um, using that. And so we've definitely been using that lately. And uh, it's easy. Um, and it's get, you get some metrics off it. Um, but we've been talking about, you know, some of the stuff like Instagram and Twitter are all in the hashtags, uh, formerly known as pound signs for those people. Right. right. I, I want to bring back the pound sign instead of the hashtag. Anyways. <laughs> so, so you want to say pound yes. Blake for president. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Maybe maybe we can come up with a new word. Um, anyways, so she'll po- post on Sochi, uh, and then it'll go to all three platforms, and then she'll hop on to Twitter or Instagram and then edit that post because when your Facebook's full of hashtags, it's not as cool. I don't know. That's what I've been told. Uh, so we, just, we're just trying different things. Uh, we talked about everything's fluid right now. We're just trying to – see we're throwing stuff at it and see what works you know videos um pictures all that kind of stuff and uh i don't think um anybody has the total playbook on what works because they're always changing things on social media all the time yes they are um speaking of change health insurance um we're not in one of those states that has that nice new uh, Ace Health Insurance coming down the line. Uh, and we haven't been able to afford health insurance for our people, which sucks. Um, but what we decided, uh, again, we want to try to take care of our people best we can, is we gave everybody um, 200 a paycheck uh, to go get their own health insurance or use however they want. But we told them this money is for your health insurance. Uh, we call it a stipend, basically. Um, you can use it however you want. Um, but this is so you know that we are trying to provide health insurance. We just can't you know, provide the really in-depth stuff. And so it's cheaper for people to go out on um, the health insurance platform and find it themselves and then the, what we've ever looked into so uh, that might change if the, the whole async goes through and we can get cheaper. Um, so that's what we do for health insurance. That's still nice that you consider your employees, you know, that you give them something towards health insurance, whether they use it for it or not. Right. And that's why we wanted to do it. Just, you know, there's so many, it's hard to compete with, with uh, payroll sometimes, you know, we're not huge and we never will be. And, uh, we got to compete where we can, you know, we do the cost plus 10, uh, on, uh, buying stuff from the store. Um, I mean, it doesn't really cost us much for that. You know, some people do it cost 15, cost 20, whatever. Uh, but it's just a perk. Try to have these perks that they can do, uh, and have to compete with other employers in town. Um, and also, it comes down to we try to make it a place where people want to work. We have fun. We laugh. 
we probably screw around too much sometimes. Uh, that's probably my problem because I'm probably lead the whole thing on that. But uh, uh, but we want to have a store, a place where people want to work. And again, if your employees are happy, they'll treat your customers better too. If they're all have a bad attitude about coming to work, well, they're not going to treat the customers well. Exactly. Have you ever done an interview for a position in your store and you just your mouth dropped open when they said what they were looking for for a salary? Uh, no, I don't think I have. Uh, I've had several interviews where they, you know, dropped a few F-bombs and other cuss words in it. I'm like, wow, okay. I've never heard that in an interview, but, uh, but never anybody say I need this much, which is good because we don't want to, <laughs> I'll stop. I, I had somebody two weeks ago said he was making over $100,000 and wanted to stay close to it. <laughs> Did you say, I want to make that too? <laughs> it, well, I, it's kind of one of those things where you, you, you bite your tongue because he kind of figured I was making that much. And I, yeah. I wanted to say, are you crazy? <laughs> Did you ask him what job are you coming from? Because I might yeah. want to go work there. It, right. <laughs> he was in the building, the construction uh, building material phase. But I want to know if it was incentives or if it was uh, straight base salary. Holy cow! Jeez, I know that's the thing about these, you know, these stores. You know, there's a lot of guys do well, and we do well. We we can't complain. Uh, But we'll never be super rich, and that's okay. Uh, We live comfortably the way we are, and uh, I enjoy my life. and as we continue to grow, you know, I don't want to take ever take a whole bunch home because I want to try to give some back to the employees eventually. You know, stop stop paying the bank so many loan, so much loan money. But uh, that'll be in the future, right? By the time that comes around, four, store number four and five will be on the horizon too. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, as we as we're going to wrap up here, I want to talk about the PRSs that you've done. You said you yep. do a lot of them. What's your what's the best PRS you've done? Oh boy. I don't even hardly remember all of them. I've done probably a PRS at least one or two, and some of them I don't even sit in on anymore because I let the managers do them. Probably done one or two every year since 2010. Oh, one did I learn the most from? Lean, lean, I don't even know if they have it anymore. It was interesting how to get the truck out faster. Um, let me look at my books over here. Um, we've done several B2Bs. Um, you know, when I started, you know, I was very green, and I didn't know even a whole lot about Ace. Um, so some of those, some of them were just like uh, inventory management and that kind of stuff just because I didn't know. And I knew I needed to know, and my DM suggested we did do some of them. And so I don't know what's the one. You know what was really interesting? We did one on um, hiring people and uh, interviewing that kind of stuff. That one was pretty good. Uh, I actually probably need to do that one again with the managers now that we've added another store. Um, that would probably, I don't know if they do it or not still. They change them all the time. Do you save the material and just review it with the managers periodically? Uh, I save the material, but I haven't reviewed it in a while. 
Again, I got, I'm set. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine, ten folders sitting here covered in coffee grounds because it's underneath my coffee maker uh, that are PRS materials. So we probably should go through them again on some of them. Do you, do you participate in a dealer group? Yeah, I am actually the group leader and uh, we're, we've, we're better uh, than we used to be. We used to be pretty fragmented, uh, but it's the whole, our problem, it's not a problem, but it's an excuse is uh, it's the whole group of it's the whole state of Nebraska, which is a long state. And then it actually covers parts of Kansas too. And so our problem is, hard to get everybody to come because it's so far away we try to be as central as possible but it doesn't always work out and we can't so it's hard to get everybody on board and doing the same thing as some of those groups that are close together i know it's an excuse a little bit but it's also true (laughs) yep yes it is and no matter how big of geographic region you have or how small people are always going to make an excuse not to come to those things Yep, exactly. So we've gotten a lot better, uh, and we got good retailers in Nebraska, and we got good retailers in Nebraska that don't come to the, the things that we wish to come. Uh, so I don't know how to. There's no answers other than just to keep having meetings and try to push each other to get better, and that's what we do in PAL as well, obviously. What. Uh... As we wrap up, is there any any podcasts you listen to or any quotes you, you want to inspire us with? Oh, I can sit here and read you lots of quotes. Uh, yeah, I listen to, well, I'm a history guy. I like listening to, there's this, it's called Hardcore History. It's about, it's, uh, it won't be for everybody. Uh, they're long podcasts, like four hours long. So when I'm driving out to North Platte, which is two and a half hours, uh, they're kind of nice to listen to that or I listen to books. Uh, but there's other podcasts I've listened to, uh, entree leadership. Uh, I've listened to John Gordon. Um, we do our managers. Uh, we do our, we always listen, not always, uh, but John Maxwell stuff, Craig Rochelle, uh, bunch of podcasts. I listen to a lot. Uh, I always like Mike Rowe. He's got his, is like 10 minutes or less. Those are great stories. Um, but yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts and books. I'm always trying to read a book. Uh, I don't, I've kind of fallen off in the last year and a half on um, reading where I should be. I'll try to get back on it. But uh, you want to quote? I do. What do you want to quote about? Whatever you want to give us. You're the man in charge. Oh, jeez. I am not the man in charge. Um, let's see. Did, uh, well, I, did I ask you what podcast you listen to? I don't listen to too many. I started listening to one. Um, it's called Rule 11. It's for football officials, college football officials. Uh-huh. I'm dipping my toe into the waters of college football officiating D3. Oh, boy. Yeah, so um, we'll see what, what happens with that. But I'm, I'm listening to rules and stories about college officiating. That's interesting. Um, it is. Man, you should have given me a heads up. I would have had a quote faster. I 
I got a book full of quotes I've been writing down. So I'm looking. Well, let's let's do this. Close your eyes, open up to a page, and point to one one quote. And just read it. See what it comes up as. Okay. All right. All right. This is from a great Kansan because I'm a great Kansan. I grew up in Kansas. This is from Dwight D. Eisenhower. The qualities of a great man are vision, integrity, courage, understanding, the power of articulation, and profundity of character. That's a great word, by the way. Profundity. Can I have the definition, please? I have no idea. Can you use it in a sentence? Actually, the one, the one I was looking for is actually right underneath it. It's from Maya Angelou. I've learned that the people, that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And we actually use that. We talk about that as our managers. Uh, and that's the way this world is right now when they come shopping at our stores. They want this feeling that they're in a place they enjoy, you know. Even if you do something nice for them, if they didn't feel like you did something nice um, at the store. And so, so it's annoying sometimes, but we want these people to come shop at our stores and our employees to have a feeling that they're in a great place. And that's what help people remember you. So. Exactly. And that's, that's probably a good place to end it. That, that feeling of remembrance, how, how you make, make us feel. And Blake, I want to just take a moment and say, thank you for, for being president of pal and, and everything you do for it, because um, you have taken us in a, in a good direction, not like we were going in a bad direction before, but in a direction that um, keeps PAL relevant and keeps PAL at the forefront. And, and it's not just you, it's the corporate um, people that help the steering committee. It's the, uh, the people on the steering committee that, that offer ideas, but you are the, the glue that holds us together, and, and we certainly do appreciate it. Well, I appreciate that. I don't know if that's completely true, but uh, I appreciate you saying it. And uh, I enjoy your friendship and I look forward to doing some more podcasts with you, talking to some other retailers. Not that I don't like talking to you, Ryan, but uh, we can find some more interesting people out there. So, And maybe next time you and I can, can find some weak person that we can intimidate into to coming on this podcast. And we will do that. All right, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Blake. Yep. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.